Hello, and welcome to episode 336 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page, one panel at a time. In this episode, we have interviews for future tales of sci-fi Starfall on Kickstarter now. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. So we have a we have a full crew here tonight. So we're going to go around and we're going to do a little bio for everybody and a, a quick elevator pitch. Um, let's kick things off first with Andrew. Andrew, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the story that you have in this uh, this cool anthology on Kickstarter? Good night to Matthew. Thank you. Um, I live in the uh, Orlando, Florida area, uh, basically kind of making my home in what seems to be a biological weapons compound. Uh, I have a one and a half year old daughter and she brings home about every kind of funk that you can imagine from daycare. So uh, my wife's in the other room dealing with that right now. But uh, uh, yep, down here in Florida. And um, uh, Ben actually introduced me to this uh, particular anthology and, and Drew. and. Um, my story is set in sort of an indeterminate future, near sort of future, fantastic future, but really uh, in sync a lot with um, what's going on within, with, with Ukraine right now. And uh, so the characters have some, some names and illusions, you know, it's a short, so, uh, you know, some, some real illusions to that. And um, really just focusing a lot on uh, tyranny and outcomes and, and how things can be changed and the kinds of doors that we walk through in life. Very cool. Well, I'm, you know, I'm really impressed with the the preview images of of the art that I've seen there, and I'm really excited to to uh, to to read the whole story. So, really cool stuff. Yeah, thank you so much. Art's by uh, Tomas Era, and um, he's down in Argentina, and really, uh, really did a great job with it. I think. Awesome. So let's kick things over to to Chris. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the, and the story that you have in this this book? Yeah. Um... I am the creator of Homebrew, uh, Homebrew Comics. We have a title called Crit. I think we've talked about that before. Uh, constantly running into trouble. It's based off of a D&D campaign that I homebrewed and then turned into a comic book. The story I submitted for Drew is another tabletop adventure. Uh, actually, it's in partnership with the creative license under Paizo. So I got permission from them to use their creative license to use a lot of their stuff to create this story. And it is like space truckers. Um, it's a bunch of, it's four guys that take different odd jobs throughout the galaxy. And um, it, it gets crazy, just like any other tabletop adventure. So uh, this this um, story I submitted to Drew is an introduction to those characters. It's going to create some um It'll introduce you to them and then also create some questions surrounding some of their uh, their backgrounds and their intentions. Very cool. All right. So up next, we have Ben. Ben, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the, the story that you have in this book? Yeah, sure. Hi, everybody. Uh, I am also based in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Andrew and I are actually very good friends outside of comics. We've known each other for quite a while. Um, and we're both in the Scott Snyder comics writing class. So that's how we sort of meandered our way through the comics world. Um, so I have a day job, I work for Disney, but, uh, you know, passionate about comics, writing in general and creating comics. So I've been doing that for several years um, as an indie creator. Uh, so the story is uh, basically a my version of a 10-page manga. Um, you know, it's sort of like in the style of um, Nihei, if anyone's read Blame or Knights of Sidonia. Uh, you know, I... 
wanted to be kind of like in that vein. So very little dialogue. It's got some some serious action in it. Um, and I've got a log line for it. The log line is very simple. Uh, an alien couple finds an ancient starship buried in the ice with two human survivors. And the encounter has dire consequences for all of them. So not without giving too much away, but, you know, it's basically aliens, a couple of aliens meet a couple of humans. Things go off the rails and, um, you know, chaos ensues. Very cool. All right, so we're gonna go over to to Brian. Brian, could you tell us a little bit about uh, your story, yourself, and the story in the book? Yeah. Hi, I'm Brian. I'm a person. Sometimes I draw comics, um, and then whenever I do make a comic, I'm an idiot and I never write a script. So I'll just draw like eight pages of, of like a story, and then be like, okay, um, hey, uh, whoever I can get, write this for me. So uh, my very, very good friend, Rob, um, I handed him eight pages of a story of a robot walking around. He kills a guy. Mostly he just like kind of thinks about life. And uh, that's what the story is about. Uh, Rob made it a nice little script all about what do you do when your mission in life is to kill humanity and it's been complete. And uh, I think he did a pretty good job. So, yeah. Is this uh, the same robot or a different robot that we've seen in, in previous versions of Future's Tales of Sci-Fi? Uh, this is a different robot. Different Although, robot. Okay. It may look like others. I got no idea. <laughs> awesome. So I'm gonna kick things over to Noah. Noah and I worked together on our story. I was the the writer. Uh, Noah actually had the sort of the initial kernel of the idea uh, for our story. So Noah, why don't you tell folks about uh, our our story in this book? Yeah, kernel of the story is that. Uh... I wanted to draw a space marine walking around an abandoned future city on a planet far away. And Matt took that and ran with it with his conspiracy theories. And we get a nice little alien abduction story with some action. So I'm excited to, first of all, finish up the comic, but then also to see it part of this whole anthology because everybody's work on this is really cool. And I can't wait to learn more about it. Awesome. And uh, last but not least, uh, let's let's kick it over to our fearless uh, publisher, the the one that uh, brought us all together for this. Uh, Drew, can you tell us a little bit about Future Tales of Sci-Fi and you know the journeys that we've had and and what uh, your story and what this what this book is, you know, putting all these stories together, what it's like, what it is like. Yeah. So uh, first off. Thanks for everybody just for submitting their stories. Everything turned out really cool. Um, like I went on this journey of making an anthology way back in 2017. And this is actually the seventh book in the series and the largest one. So it's been pretty cool to like keep this going for so long. And it's it's pretty cool to have you guys all with it. Um, my particular story uh, in, in the uh, book is called uh, Grit Grimstone, How Hard We Fall. Um, the character is kind of a renaissance man that kind of washes out in life later in life. And he ends up joining like the Space Force, which is all set in, you know, 100 years from now. But this particular story, um, he's uh, chasing a traitor and he must eliminate the enemy at all costs. So the story is a bit of a, a chase scene, and a little space battle. And uh, don't really want to give too much more away on that. Very cool. So, uh, Noah, since I brought the, everybody sort of around in the circle, why don't you kick us off with a, with a question? Um, it could be a question for, for one of the teams or maybe like a, just a general question for everybody. And we can kind of talk about, you know, the putting the stories together. 
Yeah, I'm curious as to how everybody found the other half of their creative teams. And we can go through the list, starting with Andrew again. Um, so, yeah, Andrew, how did you find the artist on your book? Uh, Tomas has done, um, really, he just did some work I really liked in Dark Horse. So I uh, I contacted him a while back and um, had, a, had a script that I had written. Um, and we talked a little bit about that. And um, kind of set that project on the side and uh, worked on this one instead. Um, and so, yeah, really just uh, I was a fan and found contact and and uh, started talking to him. What uh, Dark Horse thing was Tomas working on? Um, gosh, the last one, uh, I, I forget the name of it right now. I'd have to go pull it out. But it, it was a it was a cool like World War Two story. Um, and I know he has, uh, he's, he, I know he's working on one right now and I, I don't, but I, I can't state the name right now. It's kind of, can't think of it. Uh, no worries. We can, we can look it up and maybe put a yeah. link in the show notes to, to maybe like the, the stuff that he's done there. I just have a quick question before we, we switch away from Andrew. Um, you know, your story is dealing um, with like current events that we are we're, we're dealing with and and you know present 22 2023 um was that sort of the 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 idea or did you have an idea and you're like hey let me fold it into some current events that we would that we have going on now yeah it's all by illusion so this is of course like i said a uh, kind of a future setting not exactly what's going on right now but yeah it's sort of a blend with some ideas that i had and uh you know some some very direct quotes um in in ukrainian of course uh you know from exactly what's been going on but um purely fiction but but certainly bolstered by what we're seeing over there right now yeah very cool uh so Noah, do you want to kick that uh same or similar question off to to another uh member of the panel yeah, was it uh, we did we did Andrew and then did we do Ben um, or uh, was it uh, we do uh, well we need we, we, I think we've only touched with with Andrew on sort of like going in depth yeah. on, on their store. I was so. just trying to remember our order. Did we yeah, do Chris, Chris. Yeah, next? it's sort of like yeah. uh, in this in the in the grid. Yeah, so let's let's yeah, jump yeah. over to Chris. Yeah, Chris, how did you uh, have you worked with the artist that you're working on your story with? Um, on, oh. on things like crit or is this the first time you're working with this artist? I work with him a little. Um, I'm pretty close to them. In fact, oh, he's me. Yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. you were draw writing and drawing. That's awesome. I uh, I taught myself how to draw so that I could do all this um, back nice. in 2018, 2019. Um, I I really had no nothing else going on. We were just playing D&D &D and I wanted to turn it into a comic book. I had no intention of ever publishing it or doing any of this stuff with it. I just drew it for my friends. And then uh, my wife said it looked like crap. So I had to prove her wrong and I learned how to draw. And uh, she's she's really talented. So she taught me a lot. She's um, she's an artist. She's a photographer. She's got a lot of uh, talent. So when I first started, I just took all my stuff to her, let her tell me how bad it was and tell me how to fix it. And now we're going on, what, four years, seven books, eight books, 300 pages published. And so, yeah. I do everything. Um, my creative team is my players and my game. So I record everything and then I listen to it while I'm driving, while I'm working out, while I'm drawing. And I get the idea for where the flow of the story is going to go. Because if you've ever played tabletop games, you know, it's just a bunch of chaos. So I kind of sift through that, find what 
I believe the reader is going to be able to understand the most, storyboard it, and then just start sketching and drawing. I completely forgot that you were both writer and artist. I think it's been a year since we had you on the show, Chris. So forgive me for that. Oh no, you're, it's you're I think very like issue five. Not, yeah. yeah, you're on like uh, you're you're very '90s inspired, right? Like that's mm -hmm. sort of that that's what where a lot of your influence comes from. Yeah, for this, I'm I'm doing a lot of anime research. So okay. I was actually telling Drew I got everything kind of sketched out, but because this story has like dragon people and lizard people and rat people, it doesn't really fit well with my style because I, I I try to draw very anatomically correct. But when you're trying to draw a 10 foot dragon that wears space armor, that doesn't really exist. So, um, and most of it's really inspired by like anime stuff. So I, I looked into a lot of anime art and that's where I'm kind of drawing inspiration for this. So it's going to be a mix of previous art style with a little bit of anime and looseness to it. So it'll be fun. Do you feel like all the work you put into making things anatomically correct and, you know, everything being accurate, it kind of laid the groundwork for you to be a little more loose and do you feel it's a little more freeing now and you can just sort of be instinctive with that stuff? It's hard sometimes because I, yeah. I go into my very rigid structure because, again, my wife would yell at me if an ankle was in the wrong spot. Like, that looks like a broken foot or uh, <laughs> I'm notorious for reminding everyone that she's the one that taught me how to draw crotches because she said I draw only women. I never put crotches on men. So she's really <laughs> tough on my art and uh, I get into that. But I showed her some of this and she's like, oh, that looks really good. So hey, <laughs> no, that's um, always good it with the because I had to draw a space station first like the first setting was a space station and I really like drawing things I've realized like in the past year I like drawing cars I like drawing buildings I really like the details that go into them so when the first panel was this big giant space station I just had a lot of fun with that because I can be kind of like correct with angles and I can go into like a 3d program and figure out what shapes and how the light hits them so that was a lot of fun getting into because I don't get to draw space stations and crit. So um, that's cool. And then having to design like a little rat man, that's been kind of interesting because he has a robotic arm and he's missing an eye, but he's not really, he just pretends like he is. So people feel bad for him. Um, so trying to like draw how a rat would look, but also have personality in it. Cause I like um, one thing that I try to do with all of my realistic art is to have uh, facial expressions and things because one thing that really kills me when I'm reading a book is when a, a face is like blank because it doesn't really um, bring out emotion in the reader so um, trying to do that with a rat is tough <laughs> Very cool. yeah I can't wait to read it now that I know that there's a rat man in it that's pretty amazing there's a rat man yeah. a lizard man there's a big giant dragon man and then there's a, a guy in a hoodie that has a robot that walks around with him because that's his suit of armor. But he doesn't want to he doesn't want to <laughs> wear the suit of armor all the time. So he programs it to like follow him everywhere. That yeah. sounds awesome. And then Man, later on, I introduced a character story? that's about two foot tall. His name is Zug. <laughs> and he has six arms and he's like a mix of a an Ewok with a lizard. How long is your wow. story, Chris? This one. I think we're aiming for about 20 issues for this. Crit is 42 issues. Okay. Um, we've got six written right now. So uh, it's actually going to be part of a chronicle. So we're doing an entire space series where we can kind of shift characters in and out. One thing that was fun about Crit was we got a lot, we got a lot of gameplay out of it, but we played the same characters for four years. Uh, 
and they want to keep them to about a year now. Okay. Yeah. So this will be the debut of this series will be Mm -hmm. future sci-fi tales. That's awesome. Yeah. It's also the first, so Drew and I are also both members of the SSB, the Savage Sandbox. And this is the first uh, Savage Sandbox collaboration too. Sweet. Nice. Nice. Awesome. And then uh, Ben, uh, have you worked with your artist before? Is this someone that you've, uh, you're, you're returning to, to work with on your story? Yeah, so the artist and colorist is Max Dal Oglio, he's an Italian artist. Um, I I got lucky finding him. So um, a fellow student in Scott's class is a gentleman named Adriano, uh, Italian writer. And I just happened to be looking through Adriano's portfolio, like on Discord or something. And I clicked on it, went to his portfolio, and there was this like couple of uh, really badass um zero dialogue black and white manga i was like what is this this looks incredible adriano wrote the script and max drew it right and he had entered they had entered it into a contest in japan um they didn't win but uh awesome 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 comic and the whole point of it was um no dialogue right tell the story clear story without dialogue i thought they were very successful so i just had the idea i was like i would love to write something that max you know illustrates uh, I reached out to him. We negotiated, and um, this is my second comic, the one for Future Sci-Fi Tales. The first one, or the first one was in um, the Scott Snyder anthology, uh, and I'm I feel very lucky that I was able to work with him twice because he got signed to a contract with Kodansha, which is a big manga company. Uh, so I don't think he's going to be available, uh, you know, probably in the future, at least very limited availability because he's like super busy cranking out pages for them now. But um, yeah, it's been, he's amazing to collaborate with. Just, you know, we're completely on the same page. I was about to ask, yeah, like that's got to help to have that foundation in there with the previous story. Are you, um, you know, you talked about being inspired by that story with like limited dialogue. Are you and your artist trying to push that too? Like trying to be very quiet with the story or are you, uh, are, are you like, is there like a healthy mix, I guess, of just sort of like, you know, the normal like dialogue and visuals and things like that? Yeah, it's a good question. Like I said, I wanted this to be similar to Nihei type manga. If you've ever read any, um, some of his manga is very, very light on dialogue. You might have three words on a single page or a couple of pages. Um, And the art does all the lifting for the storytelling. So Max is also a huge Nihei fan. Uh, I knew that, you know, I talked to him about it and we like nerded out about it. I said, hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about writing a script for a story that would be great for this style. Um, you can take the art any direction you want, and I'm going to have very little dialogue in it, just minimum. And he's like, I'm down. Let's let's do that. Like, I totally want to do that. So, you know, it was as much for Max to do something he really wanted also, not just for me to, like, get a script, out, script done. Um, and it was great. You know, like, I really enjoyed it, and I thought he absolutely kicked ass on it. Oh, my God. I'm really cool. excited for that one, too. Yeah. Um, Matt, did you have a question? Would I interrupt you? No, no. Um, so I, I just, um, I maybe just a, like a follow-up question for, for Ben. So like you guys have worked together. Um, I, I think I understand correctly on the tales from the, the cloakroom. Is, is that correct? Yep. That's right. Yeah. Did, he did a six page so, comic. We did a six page comic together for that one. Did the, did the process, um, get like streamlined? Did you guys have like a better sort of 
uh, like working relationship where you guys like, you know, I don't know if early on when you guys were figuring things out where you're like, I, you know, I, I want to see like thumbnails, pencils. Like, I don't know if like this being your second time, maybe like things were smoother. You had, you know, more trust built in. So like, you're like, Hey, I know that you hand, you know, here's my script. I know you can handle things, you know, check in with me. If you have a question, you know, I don't necessarily have to be like panel for panel, like, you know, reviewing everything you do. I wonder if there was maybe like a, a trust factor, a comfort uh, of the second time working together. Yeah, hundred percent. There, there, there definitely was. He's such a pro that he's easy to work with right out of the gate. But um, his process is different from what I was used to working with with other artists. And I'll give you one example. So when he does his black and white um, inks, um, and he's he's all digital, right? So he doesn't even do pencils. So it starts with black and white inks. He will actually put the dialogue bubbles in the panels. Uh, oh to see where he thinks they should go. So he doesn't cover up too much of the important artwork. And I wasn't used to that. I was used to just getting the art done. That's a, that phase is done and then sending it over to a letterer and the letterer would try to do their best to put the balloons where they need to go. Uh, so I was, I actually had to ask Max, I was like, Hey, like, I'm not used to this. Is this like part of your process? Like, is this a layer in Photoshop? You just turn on or off, you know, do you want me to see behind the balloons? So, and the answer was yes. He was like, yeah, it is a layer. If you want to see the full art, no, no word balloons, I can turn it off and show you. And he did. Um, the second time we did a comic together, I knew he was going to do that. So I was just like, just run with it, man. Like you're good. You know? So like cool. little things like that. Um, yeah. But you know, I just let him run with it. You know, like I had maybe out of 10 pages, I had less than half a dozen revision asks, you know, notes, less than half a dozen notes. It was just like real easy awesome yeah and then um brian so last time you were on you found a writer and we actually got to meet the writer at heroes con last year in 2022 um how do you know the writer of this of your comic this time around is this someone that you've worked with before on things or is this someone you craigslisted yeah, so this is a this is a different person from uh, last time. So uh, two years ago, I was working in a bootleg T-shirt factory that used to hire meth addicts to print shirts. I was working up front and I was folding the shirts naturally. Um, and one of the guys that they hired, Rob, he was, seemed like a cool guy. He was around my age and he wasn't angry. Um, he should have been angry since he had to work in an unventilated area handling dangerous chemicals and dangerous equipment that could have chopped off his hands. Um, it wasn't really the best place. Yeah, I, I could say the name of the T-shirt place, but I won't since I know a lot of people who uh, actually have very good working standards with them who are professional artists. Like, I do not want to, no, I'm not spreading that. But anyway, um, yeah, I met, I met this dude, Rob, uh, he seemed cool. So then I said, Hey Rob, do you want to, I, I, I wrote this entire story. Do you want to like go and, and take my comic pages and figure out like what the dialogue is? And he was like, yeah, sure. That's fun. So then, um, after that, uh, we started to kind of like work together and like occasionally I'll just go and say, Hey Rob, do you want to go make a comic? And then he says, yeah, sure. So for this, um, I did start coming up with like some of the pages, but truth be told, this is more of like him than me. Uh, Rob's a pretty cool guy. I should have invited him to this podcast, but I didn't. Uh, he works a lot. He has like, he has like five jobs. The guy's really nice. We saw Ninja Turtles a couple weeks ago. It was pretty good. Um, that's how I met Rob. So. Awesome. Very cool. This yeah, I love how you're able to condense like, you know, a whole friendship down to like two minutes. That's great. Yeah. He's a nice yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. And then uh, so, Drew, 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brett. So go ahead, Matt. No, no. I was going to say, yeah. We. I just wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, forget about Drew in this sequence. Uh, so the the artist for Grit, his name's Hernan Molina. Um, I actually met him through another writer that submitted to me a few years ago. Um, I liked his his style, and we first began working on Grit. I don't know a year and a half ago. Um, I was struggling through different iterations of how the character would look and then Hernan really like nailed the the look of the character and his costume so you know I, this is like my fourth time working with him on a, sh a short story um he lives down in Argentina but he he has his own uh publishing house called like Multiverse Comics uh in Argentina so it's it's hard for me to you know get some time in with him but luckily this year I was able to Nab them for ten pages, so yeah. And and grit, um, grit has its own standalone series. Is these is, is that correct? And you just sort of when when these anthologies is this a a chance for you to to tell side stories? Do do I understand that correctly? Um, last year, sort of. Last year, I I had a standalone book that would acted like an anthology of sorts where the there was different stories featuring the character, but there was also like this narration piece where he was older and it was kind of like he was telling stories of his life. Um, so that, that's kind of how that piece went. Um, but I never really intended to like have an ongoing series or anything. I just wanted to tell these short, you know, small adventures with the character. Very cool. Uh, okay. So I have uh, the next question for the group um, and we'll go in the, I guess the, the same order again. So we're going to, we're going to go over to Andrew. Um, and I don't know, Andrew, if you, you have any experience writing sort of single issues or, or longer form stories, but what do you um, maybe prefer the, the, the chance to do an anthology story where it's maybe like get in, tell something quickly in a, in a few amount of pages um, and you sort of have to, you know, get to the point or do you like the, the longer form where you could, you know, explore a little bit more, give us a little bit more detail. What's, what's, or the answer could be, I, I like both, but um, you know, what, what, uh, what, what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I think uh, I like both, you know, shorts are a lot of fun to do. Um, anthologies are a lot of fun to do. My sort of background in writing of course is, is, well, it's, it's narrative. Uh, done narrative for a long time, and I, I, I like doing a lot of longer works. But um, flash fiction has always been, um, and, and of course, we're not talking flash fiction with with comic shorts. But you know, I think uh, compression. I really in, in writing compression is so important to really, um, you know, tell a story well and and just really use the writer's tools to get, you know, all that emotion across uh, efficiently. And so doing anthology stories and, and shorter works, I think, are, um, first of all, they're fun to read. They're fun to create. And they're really solid lessons in compression. So, I mean, you know, as writers, they're just a great tool to, to sharpen your skills and, and have a really good time doing it and see an awesome product and, you know, meet other great writers and, and get to know artists and work with artists that may not have the time. Um, you know, to jump into uh, a novella or a graphic novel or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I always love doing longer works. Um, definitely no doubt about that. But, uh, what, 
And when you're trying to do something that's a little topical and sort of, a, I guess, you know, it's topical and also just sort of a very divisive issue, I guess, or just not an issue that where, you know, it's, it's very like, you know, people want to know your input or your opinion on something like that. Like, how do you, uh, with the, with what's going on in the Ukraine, how do you narrow down what you want to say with a comic? That's such like a very like complicated issue. Like, how do you make it uncomplicated for yourself and for like a reader when you're doing it in a short amount of like pages? Um, that's a great question. You know, I think um, sometimes it, it depends on where you start too. You know, sometimes you might start with an idea of just a general notion of something you want to convey and uh, a current event, if it is a current event based story, you know, comes along that, that delivers it as a vehicle. And so you can use the events to get that across. Other times it might be something, uh, you know, in a character that, um, you know, you're writing that, uh, or, or that I'm writing that, that I might keep in mind, uh, you know, how they would, how they would express that. So I guess there's just, uh, you know, a real, just a, a number of ways to go about it. But I think no matter what, whenever you're writing a story, whenever I write a story, whatever length it is, I always want to know right away what it's about. So, you know, it might be a, cool scene that's where the idea comes from or a cool character or you know any any type of um anything really but then it's it's sort of figuring out what it's about and then from there it just kind of falls into place yeah and my my question sounded an awful lot like i was trying to be apolitical like even though i am like against the invasion of the ukraine by russia but i mm -hmm. was what i meant by complication is just that you, you know there's a lot of things to touch on in that issue you know whether mm -hmm. it's you know, the, uh, you know, what, what aspect of it you're going to focus on. So that's, that's a really good input right there. I like that you sort of come at it from a character place of point of view. That, that's how I'm understanding your answer. Um, yeah. That makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And and with these shorts, you know, you, you just have to, when you only have six, eight, 10 pages, 12 pages to tell a story, I mean, you might have four or five things you want to say, but it, I think it always serves to really narrow that down and, and focus on, one, maybe two, you know, primary and a secondary. Just pick one and, hey, you can always write another story about something else. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so Chris, with, you know, uh, a tabletop game, you know, those could go on for, you know, hours and hours and hours with, with many things happening. So you have the challenge of, you know, I, I, I think I remember you said, like, you're recording these these sessions you're listening to them so you have the maybe hours and hours of, of audio how do you take that and go all right i need to condense this or i need to pull this like cool aspect out of you know the hours and hours of recording and and turn this into to something that's going to fit in an anthology how, how do you handle that um so I know the premise before I even start because I actually remember almost every single game we've played for the past four years. We play once a month. It's usually anywhere from four to six hours. We've done a few that were a little bit longer. Um, when I'm creating the the setting for the day, I try to plan for about four hours of gameplay, one hour of rambling, and then an hour of us arguing about something because that's about normal. Um, and so, like I said, when when I'm done with the recording i just load that up to the drive with the date on it and when i get to that issue um i just listen to it over and over again when i'm writing emails and i i kind of get a flow for how i want that to go so 
with this, it was the first session in the sci-fi campaign we had started. And I kind of already knew that I was going to turn this into a book out the gate, a very short story. I was going to either going to introduce it in crit or, you know, when Drew started talking about his, I was like, that's perfect because if I do it in crit, it'll be next year. At least this way I can already have um, these characters introduced. And I plotted what I wanted in the beginning because the first game session was rather long. So I broke it up into three parts. And so this will be the first part of that game session. And um, there, it was it was a fun introduction for all the characters because these guys, they've been playing together for years now. So there's a lot of chemistry already versus when we started with Crit where I had to kind of piece some of it together because the first few sessions were really rough because we hadn't seen each other in 10 years. So this one was a, a better flow for me. Um, it was actually really simple. Um, I listened to the session once and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I know the flow. It's going to start off in a bar because what what tabletop game do you play that doesn't start off in a tavern, you know? And um, that's something I didn't get to do with Crit was start them in a tavern. So I'm really getting to go back and fix some of the things I would have loved to do previously. So um, yeah, started in a tavern and then introduce all the characters and a little shock value with the rat guy because he's not supposed to exist. And uh, then we go from there. Nice, nice, nice. Awesome. Um, what? Uh, and I can't remember if we talked about this on Crit, but I think I remember you saying that you do sort of. I mean, you're the main writer, but you do kind of bounce ideas off of your, off of your party, right? But that's mm-hmm. usually how your creative process goes. With so, this one, you have. Are you doing that again? And then also, are because you're working with licensed materials? Mm-hmm. Are you going to have to? Are you are you bouncing it back and forth with the ref over, with the people you're you know, using their, their IP with as well. So before I even play the game, um, like this week, we're finishing up a session. If I introduce anything that I have any questions about, cause they, they gave me when we, uh, like months ago, when I started this route, um, they gave me the rules of what I can and can't use, but they've okay. also, since that rule set was written, there's been things that have been adjusted and changed. So I just shoot an email and say, Hey, I'm going to use this, this, and this, um, is that acceptable? And I haven't gotten any pushback yet. The only thing they really don't want me touching are the things like they have um, adventure paths they've created in the past, things that they've written and copyrighted already, and they're turning into comic books themselves. So I can't touch the the already written stuff and the already written storylines, but I can use any of their stuff to create my own storylines in my own universe because I'm not even using their universe. Um, okay. This story takes place a thousand years after Crit. And that was always the idea was we were going to start off crit on earth and then do a sci-fi campaign because we're all huge sci-fi nerds. Um, it was actually my goal from the beginning was to turn this into a sci-fi campaign. It just took me four years to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. So uh, Ben, for, for you, I think you might have a interesting um, uh, take on this with your with your background with the tales from the cloak room and the the Scott Snyder writing school um, you know I've been in writing classes before and it seems like some of the advice that you get from established people is you know don't try to write your magnum opus um, on day one like try to learn the skill of writing a, a five to six pager uh, was that something that uh, was encouraged in the uh, the Scott Snyder um writing classes is to like master this skill first before you try to go on to that, you know, 60 issue run or of, of something. Yeah, for sure. So 
I don't, I wouldn't say Scott encouraged that as much, but I have heard that notion and idea a great many places in the indie comics world. There's, you know, many comics pros and other instructors will definitely say exactly what we just said. Don't write your 200 page magnum opus coming out of the gate, which is extremely expensive to do, by the way. I'm sure everybody knows that, you know, like cut your teeth on shorts, six pages, eight pages, whatever get your craft down, um, work on self-editing, all of those things. All of those are incredibly valuable skills to have. Uh, I think they're necessary. I do believe in, um, you know, working on shorts when you're starting off as an indie creator and then trying your hand at longer stuff when you're ready, you know, when you feel ready for it. It's such a huge investment time-wise and money-wise. You know, I think that's just the smart way to go. Me personally, as a reader, like I prefer novel length, graphic novel length work. Um, you know, that's what I want to start, uh, get into as a creator for comics now, but, um, yeah, the writing short comics has been in, invaluable. I think, you know, like I've gained a lot of skills in the last couple of years going that route. So do you, do you have something that's sort of percolating in the background? That's, that's longer form that you're, you know, either scripting out or outlining or, or, or you know, making notes on anything that, that, that you're working on now that you've sort of, you know, I know for at least Tales from the Cloakroom and this, you sort of have two things that are out there, um, you know, more more short things. Is there something that you're, now that you've mastered or, or worked on that skill, is there something that you're trying to build longer form? Yeah, actually, uh, Andrew and I are working on a graphic novel together. Um, so, you know, without giving too much away, because this is very early stages, but um, we're kind of in the idea conceptual phase and outlining and character building and world building and things like that. But um, that's hopefully across your fingers. That'll be uh, not too distant future uh, is something graphic novel length. Um, you know, I think we can say the genre, Andrew, we're working on a historical horror. Um, right. So yeah, hopefully. And then I have some other ideas for like, um, you know, things where like I want to work on uh, that would be longer works. That would be like same thing, graphic novel length or four or five issue limited series. But you know, that's a little bit down the road. You're you're, you're biting off a so lot cool. there, Ben, because not not <laughs> only are you the the short story, the long form, you're 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 you're, you're taking on a, a co-writer. So there's a that that's a whole you know that's a whole different skill of like who's handling this, you know, drafts, passing that and stuff on. So you're gonna you're gonna gain a lot of skills there. Yeah. I mean, the idea part of it is the free part, right? It's the actual execution. That's where the big investment comes in. But it's very helpful, obviously, that Andrew and I are friends outside of comic creating and we live in the same town, you know, so we can actually like meet and like collaborate and work on things, which we've done. Do you awesome. ever like uh, have like a spark of a, a idea or like, uh, you know, you, you're, you're driving your car, you're mowing your grass and you're like, hey, this is how I can connect these two things and so that you don't forget them do you like fire off a message and be like hey uh you know I'm, I'm doing something right now but i have a i have a bit of an idea let me let me make sure that i get this off to you or do you you know are you able to keep that stuff sort of locked off in, in your head until you get a chance to write it down yeah i mean during the day i usually if i come up with like cool ideas like that i'll jot it down in a google docs and we have some google docs that we share you know where all the ideas are listed so we can collaborate that way and then sometimes we'll just text each other like hey i have this cool idea about this character like what do you think about this you know we do that fairly often jump in here anytime by the way andrew if uh, mm -hmm. i don't want to speak for like the entire project 
Yeah, that's no, the Andrew's end moment. Muted. I'm joking. No, Go ahead, sorry. Oh, no sweat, no but, sweat. Uh, yeah. I was making a bad joke, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say like collaboration-wise, we use all the online tools, you know, that everybody else would use, like if they didn't live in the same town, but sometimes, you know, we'll text each other or like we'll get together for a beer and we'll just like hash it out. Very cool. Awesome. Well, uh, let's just earmark that whenever that that project is uh, ready to go, I'd love to have you guys back on to to talk about that. So we'll uh, we'll we'll mentally note uh, that sometime in the future we have to to get together and, and talk about this when it's when it's closer to, uh, you know, the world seeing it. For sure. Very cool. So I'm really interested in uh, finding out the the answer to to this because Brian has a unique way of sort of drawing everything first and turning it over to somebody to, to um, turn it into a cohesive story. So um, is, do you prefer to maybe draw shorter stories or do you prefer to maybe draw eight, nine, 10, 20 pages and then say, Hey, uh, make make uh make this make sense um what 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 would you prefer to to give somebody 20 pages or or five or or maybe you like both like we've said before man if i if i had the option i would turn in one page every time i really don't like drawing (laughs) 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 no i i I try to go on the shorter end of things um i don't have a good attention span for stuff and when a project gets too long um i mean just like we were kind of saying a second ago heard a lot of people talk about how they want to have their magnum opus they want to make a hundred page epic and usually the people that talk about that right out the gates never do make that so i try to just make everything as efficient and as small as possible because even if a story isn't great i'd rather have something small that exists than continuously work on something that i may lose passion in and and truthfully like that's what happens sometimes where i'll try to bite off more than i can chew um, so what I do is at my current job, I have the luxury of working on a phone line where I talk to 90 year old men and women, ex- explain how like the internet works. Um, so while I'm doing that, I have a little pad of paper, got a pencil, and I'll draw a story, then I'll get a little thing of ink, start just inking, and I'll just start drawing comics. Uh, but truthfully, I, I try to keep stories short as possible because I'm fixated on telling things as economic as, as possible. But what's the fastest way to convey the story? Uh, because I don't like drawing and I just want to get it done as fast as possible. So I'll just have like a mountain of work and then I like, okay, I drew an entire story and this makes sense. It makes sense that the cowboy draws his gun and shoots the guy, but then the guy turns out to be an alien. I don't really have like a reason why that guy's an alien. Uh, I guess maybe I'll go and hand this to my buddy Rob and Rob will figure out a reason why. <laughs> um, and that's a spoiler alert for an upcoming story, although it's not an alien. You got to read to find out what that guy actually is. So, yeah. Do so you have sense. a... Yeah, yeah. But do you have a list of like, the ideas for all your comics? Like, do you work down that list? Or do you just sort of pick at random? Or is it just like when the idea comes to you, you just start drawing? Usually, uh, it's just whatever the current thing is in my head. Uh, Other times it's based off whatever projects they're running on. Uh, I'm working on a new story right now where a Thanos type villain comes down and a guy throws a bottle at his head and Thanos dies. Um, So honestly, I I don't really have like much of a format. Occasionally I will just sit down and I'll sketch out an entire story and I'll think this is a really good story, but I'm not where I'd like to be. Well, for whatever reason, this isn't the moment for me to draw the story. So I'll just sketch out entire things and just wait even, you know, years until I'm ready to do them. 
Um, so yeah, but re really it's just like whatever the current idea that I think is kind of funny and then I'll invest uh, time into that. With this one, was it one of those things that you'd had in the bank for a couple of years or is this something that like just sort of- I got no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I drew okay. it like a few years ago now. Um, I want to say like a lot of my, like, so, so truthfully, there's a few like concepts I know that I kind of like return to and the idea of like mundaneness in a sci-fi setting where like, yeah, sure, the world's futuristic or here, here's this fantastic like setting or, or event. Um, but I feel like that people gravitate towards uh, the human aspects of a story. So what's the most boring story I can tell in a fantastic setting? So for this, okay, Terminator 2, what if Terminator goes back in time and kills everyone? All right, what do you do next? And I thought that was an interesting little kernel of an idea. Toss it over to my buddy Rob. He really latched onto it. And then we just uh, kind of started going from there. Cool. So uh, last, last but not least, Drew, um, you know, you have experience. You, you've told, uh, you know, single issues, you know, 20, 22 page stories. You're obviously involved in these anthologies. Uh, do you have a preference or do, or as, again, do you, do you, do you like, do you like both or do you, uh, does one challenge you more than, than, than the other? Um, I like them both. Um, I, I really started off uh, doing the short, the short pieces, uh, especially with, you know, the series. Um, I did almost fall into that trap of, of starting that magnum opus, but then I, I happened to catch an article of somebody, you know, talking about the, you know, the subject. So, you know, after that, I went straight into a one-shot book, but um, I think, like, writing the shorter stories in between, like, I'm working on a series or something is a nice way to break things up for me, and it, it's, it is a good way to challenge myself to try and write that shorter story, but I do... I do like doing the long series. I was just able to finish up a series, you know, pretty recently. So, you know, it's, it was pretty nice to work on grit this time around as well. Very cool. All right. So I think, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit of story. We've talked, uh, you know, initially we talked about what we're doing. Um, so to, to finish up here, we're going to go in the same order. Um, just remind everybody, you know, a little bit about your story. Um, and if you have, anything else going on that you want to draw attention to if you have anything coming up soon that you want to draw attention to if you have socials that you want people to check out let's uh let's close up that way so just again it's um a little bit about your story anything else you want to you, you got creatively going on you want to talk about and where the the best places to, to follow you online to keep up with with what you're doing so again andrew you are first up in our our order here Okay, thank you. Yeah, uh, on the story, I have a logline for it. It's um, a pretty simple one sentence that Ukrainian physicist risks everything, transcending time, space, and even the confines of the cosmos in order to take a final stand against tyranny. So I think um, that's that's where that's going. Uh, as for other projects, um, I have a, a novella in, in production right now with uh, an Italian artist, Alessandro Sacatelli. So that'll hopefully be finished... Um, hopefully sometime before the holidays or just after. And it's a, it's 28 pages. So it can fit in like a standard, not as a model, but like a children's book binding, you know, about as, about as slim. So a little bit longer than a regular, the single issue, but it's a novella. So that, that's in the works right now. And then of course, uh, all the efforts that uh, I have right now are kind of getting poured into this uh, graphic novel that Ben and I are working on. 
Nice, nice. And where's the best place to to keep up with you online? Uh, if if you if you are a social media type of person. Yeah, I'm not the I'm not the most savvy on that, um, but uh, I do have my Instagram account, which I'm going to be using quite a bit more often. I hope. Um, so uh, I can I can send a link to that one. That's probably the best. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure that we include that in the uh, the show notes because you know there's there's this you know this current project going on, but it sounds like there's a lot that that people should be following you so that they they see stuff going forward. So Chris, I know that you got a you have a lot of stuff going on. You have your sort of uh, your own your own imprint. So uh, again, just tell us a little bit about your story and uh, tell us about uh, all the projects you have going on, Crit, and all the the stuff related to that. Yeah, so the um, short story is called Dice. It's got its own acronym, kind of like Crit. It's part of a greater thing called the Unity Chronicles. That's the space station they're on. And this one will follow a group of, um, you know, four space hands that on their first outing as a group uh, get caught up in a big mess and have to decide on how they want their future to unfold. Um, It's reminiscent of a lot of the Star Wars uh, extended universe stuff with the bounty hunters and things. That's where I drew a lot of inspiration for the story. And if you're familiar with Starfinder, Mass Effect or Star Wars, all these things play into it. Um, Greater things I'm part of, uh, Savage Sandbox with Drew. We have a lot going on the next year. Uh, Drew and I work together on a lot of different things. We are working on a couple other uh, anthology ideas for that group. I also have my title Crit, which we just finished up our seventh book, working on the eighth as I speak. And I'm also lettering two other books for the guys in the Savage Sandbox. We've got The Convictor coming out soon and Elements, the next issue of that. And I found on Instagram mainly at Homebrewed Comics, but you can also go to my website, homebrewedcomics.com, that has all my links and stuff in it as well. So if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm really excited about Crit, if I go to Homebrew Comics, is there a way to uh, sort of get the back catalog or anything like that? Yep. So um, you can actually download Issue Zero absolutely free, see if it's your thing. Um, And then every other issue is digitally available for 99 cents. Or you can order physical copies, and I will ship those out as well. So I've got single issues. I also have a trade paperback that's 220 pages long. Very cool. Well, we're going to link your your website in, in the show notes uh, for anybody listening. Just sort of click their pod player, scroll down, and and, and get to that, that site as easy as possible. So Awesome. Thank very you. Very cool. Yeah, no problem. And uh, so, Ben, um, we're, we're going to jump over to you. I know that you were involved in the Tales, the Clo- uh, Tales from, from the Cloakroom. Um, and you, so a little bit about your story and, and what, what you have going on and where to, to find out uh, and check out your stuff. Yeah, so um, uh, Tales from the Cloakroom Volume 2, that campaign just finished semi-recently. Uh, I was a contributor to that, only not, a, not an editor. Um, so I have a short comic in that one. Uh, I've got a comic in future sci-fi tales, obviously. Um, that's sort of the big one I have going on right now. And then for the rest of the year, I'm going to focus on, um, you know, conceptualizing and world building and all that stuff for the longer works that I mentioned earlier. Uh, so you probably won't see a whole lot from me, you know, ready to be published, um, in the immediate future. So it might not be until the winter, uh, cause it'll take a while to get 
some of those projects really moving, but you can follow me at, on Twitter at Ben O'Grady. So it's just B-E-N-O-G-R-A-D-Y. And then also I have a website, benogrady.com, uh, where I've got all of my short comics published. So you could just go on there and read them. Um, you know, and then eventually I have a couple of other short comics that uh, haven't been published yet, but the Kickstarters have finished. Uh, so eventually those will make their way to their web- my website, but you know, that'll be a couple months down the road after all the campaigns have been fulfilled and all that. So yeah, those two pa- places mainly. Cool. And correct me if I'm wrong. I, I know that I, I follow you on EJ or, or on IG. Um, is your profile, isn't your profile pick you like being a, a DJ? Do I, do I remember that correctly? Yeah. So my Instagram, I have some, I do. So I am a hobbyist DJ, uh, basically around Orlando. I'll do like, um, sports competitions, uh, grand openings, parties, house parties. I've, I've been done. I've been doing that less lately because uh, I have a two-year-old at home and it's just harder to get away. But, um, sure. so yeah, I have some DJ pictures on my Instagram. I also do some comic stuff on my Instagram, but like my Twitter is like mostly just comics. Nice. And I think this is this is I think the second opportunity in the history of uh, constructing comics for for Noah to give out uh, his socials. Uh, Noah, <laughs> uh, where are the best places to to follow you online? And uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, your the the story that you have in this book? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram. That's mostly where I post all my stuff, and where I'll be posting art from this comic as well. Um, so I'm Noah Cray all one word and uh yeah this book is called our, our short comic with matt that matt and i co-created and co-wrote and i'm drawing is called empty spaces and it's about a marine who answers a distress call on a remote planet to find uh, no one there and then it unfolds from that point i'm excited about it uh, I, i'm having a lot of fun drawing it i'm excited to see it in print with everybody else's works and and Brian, um, uh, you know, we we've heard a little about about your story. We know that it's a robot goes back in time. Some you know maybe completes his mission. I don't want to talk for you, but uh, tell us a little bit more about it and where are the best places to to follow you online. Yeah, uh, again, my story is about a robot uh, given the simple quest of destroying all mankind. And what does he do once he completes that goal? You can find you can find me online. Uh, OneAndOnlyComics.com is my online store. I have an Instagram where it's one and only comics, except instead of spaces, use underscores. So one underscore and underscore only uh, underscore comics. I also run a group called Zomic Book, spelled X-O-M-I-K-B-U-K. You can look us up through that, ZomicBook.com and Instagram at ZomicBook. And uh, we're, I'm going to be making a new book called Werewheels. It's about it's about werewolves, but they turn into cars. So stay tuned for that. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, and you and Noah are in a uh, comics accountability group uh, together. Is, is that correct? Yeah, um, yeah. We actually uh, we have a new book coming out for um, that. It's going to be a crossover between uh, our two groups. And uh, Noah's actually in a recent anthology that I did, uh, Zomic Book TV. So great story, by the way. So let's kick it over to the guy who brought us all together again for, for this book, uh, Drew. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about your story. We know we're, 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 talk, we're touching base with Grimm again. Um, you got a couple of things going on. So a little bit about uh, your story, the other stuff, and the best places to go online to, to follow you. 
Yeah, so uh, my entry in future sci-fi tales is called Grit Grimstone, How Hard We Fall. And logline is legendary Space Force Commander Grit Grimstone finds himself chasing a traitor and must eliminate the enemy at all costs. Um, as far as what else I've got going on, um, you know, after shortly after fulfilling this this book, when it, the campaign's over, I've got uh, a release for the Monsters Cleanup Guy trade paperback which I'm hoping to get out uh, into everyone's hands by Halloween. Um, other than that, I have a flash fiction story getting published in a sci new sci-fi magazine called Mystic Mind by Karen Comics. Um, I'm also working with another uh, Savage Sandbox member, Dennis Valencia, for a crossover with a character. Uh, it's going to be called Celestial Knight versus Caspian Porter, so that should be pretty fun. And hopefully, because I kind of overdid it this year, uh, I'm hoping to take a little bit of a break at the end of the year. And then next year, I'll be working on some Savage Sandbox initiatives. So, uh, best place to get a hold of me is just go to snowyworks.com. It has all the links to my social and news and you know anything you need about me is there. Yeah. And not only is your website Snowyworks, I think you're pretty much Snowyworks on all forms of uh, social media. So. Yep, website right. and social media is branded all the all the same yep very cool well guys i'm super excited that we were able to to get together and talk about this you know internally before the kickstarter page went up we were able to see some of each other's stories and now that it's out you know more people are seeing it i think it's a it's a really cool book there's certainly a lot of collection of, of styles which i think is important for for an anthology um, and it's also one of the cool things about an anthology is not all the, not all the, you know, not all the art is in the same style, not all the stories are in the same style. And, uh, you know, we're all sci-fi based, uh, you know, there, there is a sort of a common element, uh, to, to the stories, but, uh, it's, 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 I'm, I'm very proud of our story and, you know, I get super excited when I, when I see everybody else's stuff for that. So, um, there'll be a link most importantly for, for the Kickstarter and the show notes. Um, Drew, when does, you know, we're recording this at uh, the, 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 you know, we're, we're about in late August right now, uh, the 21st. What's the, what's the end date of this campaign? Um, That's a good question. I'd have to look at the calendar, but there's like 16 more days. So it should get us to. So roughly, roughly about two weeks. Uh, yeah. So roughly like September 7th or somewhere around there, I think. So 7th or 8th. Very cool. Awesome. So links for everybody's social media, websites, all that cool stuff are going to be in, in the show notes. There'll also be a link to Dying Days, which is currently in previews from, from Red 5 Comics. Um, that's a four-issue series that I created and Noah is, is lettering for me um we're we're really uh excited to have the chance to to be in previews if you want to follow our podcast we are on social media twitter is construct compod instagram is constructed comics pod and facebook is constructed comics just want to thank everybody for listening please be safe be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics thank you <laughs>